Welcome to Wrestling Retold and Relived with Richie Mars. I, of course, am your gracious host, Richie Mars, and I have another repeat guest here today. You might remember him from the debut episode, the most listened to episode, so he's still the champion in that regard. You know him as Scott Eisenberg from Shoot the Flick, but over here, since it's his second time, I'm going to give him an old little wrestling name. He is now, since we're covering a sequel, he is Scotty Sequel. Scotty, thank you for coming. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, love talking about sequels. <laughs> <laughs> I have reasons for covering this one. I, I know f- people who, oh, why aren't you talking about the first one? The first one's <laughs> arguably one of the greatest matches in history. When I was texting you and I told you, hey, it's going to be WrestleMania month and I want to have you on. Are you interested? You're like, yeah, of course I'm interested. And I always thought we were just going to cover the third Rock Austin one. And you said, yeah, we could do that. Or, and then you pivoted towards Shawn Michaels Undertaker 2. And that really interested me. What was your fandom like during the 2010s? Because you were more towards the 90s and the 2000s. How did your fandom look a decade later? It was very minuscule. I was basically out. Mm. Like I, 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 I've always followed in the periphery. Like it's always been, like even to this day. Like I might not watch. I'm not gonna watch Raw, SmackDown, NXT every night, or every time it's on. But if something catches my eye, I will watch. And WrestleMania 25 when I heard it was going to be HBK, who is one of my favorites, and The Undertaker, who is also one of my favorites, in a match, I was like, that's exciting. And then you hear, like, they're doing it again. You're like, I'm on board. Let's go. I was very much the same way when the first time around it was happening, WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. I remember uh, my friend, Don't Follow David, friend of the pod, he wanted to see the Hardy Boys because he was a big Hardy Boys fan. He was like, oh, this is going to be a great match. But I, I I, was always like, you know, I can't wait for Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. And I remember him asking me why. And these guys haven't touched since 98. And with all that, with Shawn retiring and then unretiring and the Undertaker being a constant fixture of WWE and them being on separate brands, Sean was always on Raw, Undertaker was always on SmackDown, he could be at Raw at times when he was on Raw, when Shawn Michaels wasn't active, etc., etc., but now you have these two, for lack of a better term, cornerstones of WWE finally facing off at WrestleMania 25, and the buildup was, well, this match sells itself, it's the Lord of Darkness, the Undertaker from Hell, from... Shawn Michaels, the person who's descending from the heavens. And that was essentially the buildup. And the buildup was Shawn Michaels has has never lost to The Undertaker, which was true at that point when Shawn Michaels was a major star. As you were saying before, you're one foot out the door when it comes to being a constant watcher of WWE. How much of that is contributed to Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker still being in WWE to keep your interest. You always connected to the people you grew up watching. And these two, because they were there for decades, oh, Michaels is fighting whoever this is. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give it a watch. Taker's fighting Batista. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely... And it always introduced you to new guys and new matches and stuff. But yeah... That's kind of how that went, you know, when you get connected to some wrestlers, you're like, that's my guy, and I'll always just keep an eye out for him. Just because these guys have been around so long, that's what keeps you in it. You know, you always enjoy when Austin shows up randomly, stuns a couple people, you're like, yeah, that's awesome, I'll watch that clip of Austin stunning people. The Rock comes back, shoots a bazooka on the main stage, you know. The fact that these guys have been doing this for so long on such a high level, there were reports for years that they hated each other. 
despised each other. And yet they could sit there and put on at the ages of 44 and 45, arguably the greatest match in some people's minds in history is insane. Going back to their past animosity, this was during the bad Shawn Michaels era where he was having his personal problems, drug use, etc. And Shawn Michaels wrote in his autobiography what Taker told him was, you deliver in the ring, Shawn, that's enough for me. So it's great that the perception of Shawn Michaels rightfully earned for being a difficult problem back then. And for the locker room leader to say, hey, I know I don't really like you, but you show up to work and you're probably one of the best. And that's coming from the guy who could essentially assassinate one's career. Oh, yeah. So it's amazing how they just didn't get along, but created magic in the ring, like you said. And this is how I compare WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, to their rematch at WrestleMania 26. WrestleMania 25 is Avengers Infinity War. WrestleMania 26 is Avengers Endgame. That's definitely a good comparison. I've The way I always look at it, because actually I even rewatched both these matches before we did this. WrestleMania 25 is a much cleaner match, but WrestleMania 26 tells a better story. They did such a good job with this build. I almost want to say this is the better match because it meant more. And speaking of the build, we should probably get to the build, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Like all good stories, when you accept an award-winning match, you start on an award show. And this is where this rivalry begins or begins again. It is the Slammy Awards. And Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker won for match of the year. Shawn Michaels comes out to accept. And he says, I'm very proud of the work that Undertaker and I did at WrestleMania 25. And thank you for this award. He begins to walk off stage. He pauses. And he's looking at the award in his hand. He rushes back to the stage and he says, you know what something, Undertaker? I can beat you. So right here, right now, I'm throwing out the challenge. You and me, WrestleMania, one more time. The crowd's cheering and everyone's losing their minds. What did you think about this announcement? Because we're in December. WrestleMania is in April. Well, okay, so WWE has had an issue recently about long-term storytelling. And that's kind of been a thing that everyone usually complains about, like, what's the long-term story? When you look at something like AEW, what they did with Hangman Adam Page, and his whole story to eventually beat Kenny Omega, that was, what, a year-and-a-half-long storyline, basically? WWE hasn't done that in a long time. So you're like, can we really make this build last from December to Mania? There was another thing Michael said here that I think plays an important part to the match. And he also says, I made one mistake. Which is the moonsault into the tombstone that ended the match. He's like, I made one mistake, and this leads to something I'll talk about later, but I want to put a pin here. He's like, I made one mistake, but I can beat you. And Michael sells it. (laughs) Yeah, you see the emotion on his face, the frustration that, you know, the cocky, heartbreak kid knew he had the Undertaker where he wanted him, and he didn't get the job done. And I'm so glad that you brought up the Hangman Adam Page storyline, because I wanted to touch upon this with you it's almost like not just wwe just wrestling in general has a lack of i don't want to say storylines i want to say story arcs where the story arcs over storylines that are happening because with hangman adam page he had the tag team with kenny omega with the frustration with the young bucks and then later all that stuff losing the titles with uh ftr 
and then him trying to find his way with the Dark Order and his Hangman Page was still in storylines while still trying to fight this thing off his back, trying to chase the dragon, if you will, until he finally gets that moment with Kenny Omega. Now, Shawn Michaels said in an interview with Inside the Ropes a stage show that Michael Hayes, who's a producer with WWE, came to him and he said, you know, we're always thinking about next year's WrestleMania and we've never done a return match before. So how would you feel putting your career on the line with Undertaker? And Shawn Michaels actually was thinking about the first match and he was saying, you know what, that would be a good good match to end it on. And his wife said, you know, we're ready to have you home. You know, it's up to you if you want to retire. So Shawn Michaels was mewing it over and Michael Hayes was saying, you know, you don't have to stay retired, which is just an idea we're throwing out there, which is the most wrestling thing ever to do a retirement match and then come back after the retirement match. Well, how many times has Ric Flair technically retired? <laughs> Ric Flair, Funk, I think, is retired. <laughs> Mick Foley. <laughs> yeah. All of them. Mick, you're fired. Every, okay, everyone Mick's... come. Everybody comes back, including uh, Shawn Michaels, and we're going to get to get to that uh, a little bit later, too. Though but, I will say, when he comes back mm-hmm. without the hair, it always froze me. It threw, threw me off for like the oh, first dude, couple it was times. So trippy. Like he would just be wearing the cowboy hat, and I'm like, all right. I saw him like cut the ponytail off, but it was so jarring seeing bald Shawn Michaels. Like I cannot oh, yeah. get used to it. Like it works for Triple H, but yeah, for Michaels, it was just like it was just a weird yeah. disconnect. <laughs> he he looked like uh, Doctor Evil. <laughs> That's true. It's the night of the Slammies, and Shawn Michaels says, all right, let's do it. And the show's live. The show's on the air. And Vince is like, what, you you want to do it? You want to do it, pal? And Shawn Michaels is like, yeah, why not? Let's. We should probably set it up here if this is going to be the end goal. So he's trying to get it approved before he goes on stage to actually say this stuff. And Undertaker found out while he's at his house that he's like, well, I guess I'm working with Shawn at Mania. And that's how arguably one of the greatest WrestleMania matches was planned by not being planned. <laughs> hey, man, it, sometimes that's the best thing. And when he throws out the challenge, yeah, you're excited. You're like, Michaels always puts on a show. Taker at Mania is always a show. Shawn Michaels is one half of the unified tag team champions with Triple H. Undertaker's the current world heavyweight champion on SmackDown. So they're entrenched in their own rivalries and their own stories. And here's this other story happening saying, hey, here's what we have planned for the future. And us as the fans, we don't know which direction they're going to go with it. And I think that's the best feeling. Being a fan is not armchair quarterbacking. Oh, they're going to do this. Oh, the store is going here, and then it goes here, and then you just kind of know where it's going. But this one, we really didn't know it was coming. We didn't really know what the ramifications were to this story. That's another thing wrestling has had an issue with, with the invention of Twitter and wrestling rags and all those, you know, things. Because now it's like anytime there's something special. Mm-hmm it gets spoiled before it ever happens. It's so tough. In like we all want to know right away what's going to happen, who's going to be where. And now people take pictures. Oh like, oh John Cena's in Milwaukee, Raw's in Milwaukee. I wonder why John Cena's here. The other thing is like the Slammies are such a throwaway show. It's a special show just to have a special show. Most of the times they've done it, no one cares really. It's like, oh, yay, we honored the last year. Oh, this could have been, and we have a match or two, and then we're gonna. Yeah, I'm really glad uh, Daniel Bryan won the Best Beard Award in 2013. That really did help his stock. I believe that's what triggered the Yes Movement as well. Yeah. So it's just like, it's one of those shows that no one cares about. And for them to have the balls to start this on the Slammies <laughs> is hysterical to me. <laughs> So now we have Shawn Michaels, who's in DX, who's normally jokey and normally airheaded. Now he's completely changed his demeanor, and now he's serious. And 
he asks the Undertaker if he accepts the challenge. The Undertaker's in the ring. Shawn Michaels comes out. And Undertaker says, you're the closest that anybody was to ending the streak. But my answer is no. If you think you could beat me, you could beat me here tonight at Raw. And everyone cheers and Shawn Michaels says no. The next time I face you is at WrestleMania. And he says, I know what I have to do. I have to win the Royal Rumble and then challenge you for your World Heavyweight Championship to get my match back at WrestleMania. How did you think this came off? The one thing about the Undertaker character is Undertaker has never been the best promo to watch. Like, he's always fun. Like, oh, the rest in peace. He's a man of few words. Exactly. So he's not going to carry a promo segment. But surprisingly, they let him do a lot more here. When he says, I have nothing left to prove to you, Sean. I beat you. Like, we're done. But if you want to fight, I'm down to fight. But Sean's like, no. We have to do this. There's only one place to do this. You can't give this away on Monday Night Raw. That's probably something Vince would say. You can't give that away on Monday night. Are you crazy? He wanted to give away Brock Lesnar and Stone Cold to the Austin on Raw. That's true. <laughs> Especially around this time where Shawn Michaels and Undertaker were thriving in. It was the we were knee deep in that PG era where yeah. wrestling was learning how to be PG. Do you think stars from that new generation attitude era found it hard to acclimate to the quote-unquote PG era? Well, yeah, I think some of them did. I think some of them fit in nicely. Like Cena, I think, fit in nicely. He was a good spokesperson for it, yeah. I think it took certain people longer to get into it, especially the people who had been around for years and years. Like Taker's character... You're not getting the Ministry of Darkness taker in the PG era. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, he's not putting Stephanie on a cross and, like, lighting it on fire. It's not a cross. It's a symbol. It's a sorry, sorry. <laughs> Triple H isn't taking Stephanie to a random wedding chapel and getting her married against her will. Yeah, that's not going to happen. When you do that, because WWE wanted to clean up its image a little, get some of the younger fans involved, because let's face it, any sport or thing that goes over a long period of time, you want to hook the younger people in, because they're the people who are going to watch you for longer. And that's why this match of Shawn Michaels Undertaker 2, it's a win-win for everybody, gets the old fans involved. Brings the new fans up to speed who just recently watched that Undertaker-Shawn Michaels match the year before. And it's a relatable story. The obsession of knowing you could beat this person. It didn't happen. And now you just want another shot at it. And now that shot is being refused to you. And you're like, alright, here's another hurdle. And that other hurdle for Shawn Michaels is the Royal Rumble. But before we get to that, There's one important thing that happens before the Royal Rumble. Bret Hart comes back to the WWE. That is true. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels do not like each other. No. Back in the 90s, dare I say, they hated each other. You might might say that. (laughs) Dare I say, there was a certain incident in Montreal that happened. That gets talked about to death, and I refuse to cover it on this show, so I will not cover it. Let's just say it was not a pleasant time to be Bret Hart. Well, it's probably his second most, his second worst night as a wrestler ever. Yeah. The first one being his match with Goldberg. Oh, God, we're not getting into that. So, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, they bury the hatchet. With you... Being a fan during the time of the peak of the Shawn Michaels-Bret Hart rivalry and hatred towards each other, how surreal was it that they're finally, after all these years, burying the hatchet? Insane. You never thought it was going to happen. Never. 
Like you, there were things you believed in, like the sky is blue, uh, grass is green. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels will always hate each other. Those were like the tried and true methods of like what is real in life. I do wonder if Bret never got hurt. Like if that kick to the head didn't end his career. Would he still be wrestling? Because he didn't have a style that led to like the injuries. But yeah, to see these two together in the ring after all these years. Because I'm sure this was the first time they had been together in a ring. And I do wonder if it was a little for show. If it was... You know, like, oh, we'll bury the hatchet. It'll be, like, this cool little thing. But, like, does Brett really, like, forgive Michaels? Does he, you know, is it more he hates Vince for the moment? Is it just, like, time heals all wounds? I I can't answer that. (laughs) Let's fast forward to the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. And this is Shawn Michaels' chance to get a shot at The Undertaker. And on the SmackDown before, he actually faced Rey Mysterio. And that night ends with The Undertaker chokeslamming both Shawn Michaels and Rey Mysterio because Rey Mysterio is facing The Undertaker at the Royal Rumble. Undertaker defeats Rey Mysterio in a very good match, but now it's Shawn Michaels' time. Yes, as Michael Cole says in uh, announcing, Taker took care of his business, now it's up to Shawn. Shawn is a house of fire. He starts eliminating Carlito, the members of Legacy, John Morrison, even his own partner, Triple H. That's how it's... obsessed he is with getting this match with Undertaker. He will throw out his friend just to get another chance at it. It's funny because I think this is the second time this year that Shawn Michaels like shocks everybody by switching music, musicking Triple H. Because I think he does it at Survivor Series as well. He does, yeah, against that match with Cena. And Cena's like, oh. <laughs> he has the uh, the O face. Yeah. That shocked Pikachu face. <laughs> and we're going to fast forward towards the final four, and it's Shawn Michaels, John Cena, Batista, and Edge. Shawn Michaels and Edge are on the outside. Shawn hits the super kick. Edge goes back inside because of it. And Shawn Michaels is turned around, but Batista is right there behind him and he's trying to chop at his hands he's batista is chopping at his hands trying to let go of michael's grips and michael's is fighting he's fighting to just to stay on the apron and then you see one hand fall off and then the other hand fall off and Shawn he's michael's, still reaching as he's going down it's it's like uh mufasa from the lion king trying to grab onto the cliff he's trying to grab onto the ropes Shawn Michaels falls down to the ground, and then the camera zooms in on Shawn Michaels' thousand-yard stared face, just hands in his head. This was his one opportunity to get to The Undertaker, and he failed. And now he's pleading with the referees. He's like, please, you have to let me back in. The ref's like, Shawn, you're eliminated. You're eliminated. You're eliminated. Sean and he just Sean, beats the shit out of him. Yeah, Sean goes in the referee and referee Charles Robinson said, Sean, you're out. You're eliminated. Sean looks at his hand and then he just super kicks the referee right out of his boots. He's frustrated because he blew his shot. This was his one chance and he blew it. What are you feeling in this moment? Do you think Sean Michaels being eliminated in such a fashion, kind of put a damper on Edge's Royal Rumble win. Because he just returned from injury at this night, but now the Rumble match is all about Shawn Michaels not getting his opportunity at The Undertaker. Does it put a damper on Edge winning? A little bit, but you also have to understand with a match with 30 people, there are many storylines going on at once. I think even like Legacy was feuding at this time. Like there are a couple of different storylines that are currently going on that it's okay to have this moment of sadness because then when Edge does win, you're still excited for Edge. And 
you know, that's just a different storyline going on. You can't just focus on the one storyline in a match like this. So, does it put a little damper? Yeah, of course, because it was such a big thing. Everybody wanted Michaels to win. He's the baby face. He's like, he's Shawn Michaels, you know? Like, and you see the way he's like, the desperation, the reaching for the rope, the last, like, it's just out of his finger grab, like tips, and I almost think he hate Batista more <laughs> because of it. Like, no, Batista, no. We don't really see at this time people being up so upset over a loss. For example, sometimes when John Cena was champion during this time, he would lose the title, and then he would come out the next week on Monday Night Raw smiling. You yeah. know, this. One match devastated Shawn Michaels. It scarred him to a point where he feels like not only he could beat The Undertaker, but absolve of his, for lack of a better term, sins of learning, hey, I made one mistake and this is my opportunity. And then he blew his opportunity. But now it's almost like the five stages of grief because now... Triple H goes to Shawn Michaels saying, look, Shawn, this is getting ridiculous. You're super kicking referees. You're getting fines. You're lucky to be here. So focus on the match tonight against Randy Orton to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. There are other people to face at WrestleMania. It's not all about The Undertaker. Shawn Michaels hesitates and he's like, maybe you're right. Randy Orton beats Shawn Michaels with a roll-up, and Shawn Michaels gets that same glazed look in his eye that he did from the Rumble. And he spirals even more out of control, and he loses his tag team titles in a three-way elimination match to Show Miz, which also featured the Straight Edge Society. And he goes backstage. He finds SmackDown general manager Teddy Long, and he says, Teddy, you got to... You got to put me in the chamber match with The Undertaker. If I beat The Undertaker with the world championship on the line, I'm champion. I'll give him a shot at WrestleMania. You just got to let me go. Got to let me go to SmackDown. And Teddy's like, the, the chamber match is already booked. I can't just, I can't just like put you in there. And Shawn Michaels is so frazzled. Triple H is, is this what you want to throw everything away to throw DX away? And Shawn Michaels says, my career is over then he super kicks teddy long now there's a lot of things to cover right here the first thing i want to ask you what did you think about show miz <laughs> um they really did not know what to do whenever big show was in the tag team how to name the team jerisho show miz <laughs> it's just 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 say the big show and miz come on it's fine you don't need to give them a fancy name. What are your opinions on throwaway teams in general? And what I mean throwaway teams, I mean, hey, these two single stars aren't really, really doing anything, which is ludicrous because Miz is the United States champion at this point, and we're going to just put him in a tag team. Oh, we don't care about the U.S. title. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things, like, sometimes it works, and sometimes you're like, wow, that was really exciting, like Rob Van Dam Kane. Shouldn't work, it worked. Daniel Bryan Kane, shouldn't have worked, it worked. It's one of those things, like, would I have liked them to do something to make it seem more natural? Yeah, but sometimes you just want to get two people on the card and you throw them together in a random tag team and they have a match and you're like, huh, they actually have good chemistry. Uh, I'll, you know, Booker T. Goldust was a random pairing. Worked. But then, yeah, of course you're going to get like other random ones where you're like, why are we doing this? As we're seeing Shawn Michaels' slow descent into madness, how are you as a fan looking at Shawn Michaels, arguably in the first time in his career, this vulnerable, this obsessed? It's a desperation. It's hard to actually get right and you feel for michaels you you like you want this to be such a big thing and you're like 
you're sad almost mm-hmm. watching him because you're like, this isn't the HBK I love. Like, but you know that he needs this almost. And it's crazy because I don't think a lot of people could sell this. And I think Michael's history helps him sell this. He's a tremendous seller of emotion. Let's face it. He's carrying this feud because that's how he's got to do it. Taker is the goal. Michael's is the one, as the song says, running up the hill. And that that's an interesting point that you made, that this is just a, a Shawn Michaels storyline. Taker's just a figure in it. Do you think that made the story better because it was just Shawn Michaels playing off this stoic character? Or would you like to see more character development for The Undertaker? Because this was at a time where there was no character development for The Undertaker. He was already The Undertaker. Every time they add to his story or add to his character, it never seems to work well. It really doesn't. I think for Michaels, Michaels can do this. Michaels, just the way he is personality-wise, it makes a lot more sense for him to be the character that is changing. By the way, what would be your dream match for Shawn Michaels? Oh, God. I have one. I've always wanted to see Shawn Michaels and Eddie Guerrero. That would have been a lot of fun. That is actually a very good match. But I think the best match would be Shawn Michaels versus AJ Styles. That would have been phenomenal. No pun intended. So we fast forward to Elimination Chamber, and Shawn Michaels has been off the grid since his meltdown of losing the tag team titles. So he's not really fixed in the plans for the Elimination Chamber. And now we go to the SmackDown Elimination Chamber for the World Heavyweight Championship. It's going to be The Undertaker defending his World Heavyweight Championship against Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, CM Punk, John Morrison, and R-Truth. <laughs> Names. I love R-Truth. But, like, God, he doesn't belong. <laughs> he belongs when he's Ron Killings. Like, he... When he's Ron Killings, he gets a lot I more loved Ron credit. Truth Killings and TNA, like he, he because he's actually a guy who competes for the heavyweight title over at TNA. WWE never gave him that oh, stage co- to are, really. Are we, are we forgetting about Little Jimmy? Oh, stop with the Little Jimmy nonsense! No, oh, no I'm I'm being serious. Conspiracy <laughs> R Truth when he turned heel that one time. It's hysterical. Hysterical. Was lovely, and it should have lasted longer. And there is no truth slander on this podcast. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> he is a gem. This is this is how you know we're friends because we can just kind of tangent off and tangent back whenever the hell we want. <laughs> well, I'll fix it in post. I'm just gonna be like, oh god, why did we say so much stuff? <laughs> Before the elimination chamber match actually happens, I'm not sure if you know about this. The Undertaker catches fire during his entrance. Oh, yeah. And he tells the story to the Steve Austin show that a couple weeks before he told the pyro guy, hey, the flames are coming up a little bit close. And the pyro guy says, eh, it's a draft in the building. Undertaker says, okay. Next night, gets a little bit closer. And before the show, he was contemplating on wearing the kind of like the cape attire, not the coat. Yeah, But he said, you know what, I should probably wear the coat because I could show off the world title. So he wears the coat, and before he goes out, he dumps another bottle of water on his head. So he walks out, a flame goes right up in front of him, he turns to his right, and then another flame just engulfs him. I have to give him all the credit in the world. If I was set on fire... I would be doing the stop, drop, and roll immediately. This man, this seven-foot behemoth of a man, after just catching fire, almost completely no-sells it, 
takes his coat off, and goes into the pod. And while he's in the pod, he's asking for bottled waters, as he should, because he has third-degree burns all over himself. You're watching, like, just in the highlights, I think he dumped, like, eight or nine bottles of water on his body. He must have been drenched in water. He said his skin was, like, bubbling. That's how bad the burn was. And when that water hits, not only is it just going to burn, but it's almost... I feel like it's going to be like one of those cartoons where the water almost hits and then it dries up because the skin's so hot. Yeah. And Chris Jericho said in his book that when he saw this happen and him and Taker were in the ring, he said, do you want to change anything? He's like, no, man, let's do it. And he's like on the walls and he's like on his like stomach too. And he's all burned up. And after the match, he said to Vince, Vince, I don't want an apology. I don't want excuses. But if I see him again, I will kill him. Taker's one of those guys you believe. <laughs> the final two are Chris Jericho and The Undertaker. Undertaker hits Chris Jericho with the last ride, and he's signaling for the tombstone. But what is this? Shawn Michaels pops up from under the elimination chamber and hits the sweet chin music on The Undertaker. Chris Jericho's looking perplexed. He crawls over to the cover. Chris Jericho's the new World Heavyweight Champion. And Shawn Michaels is standing over The Undertaker. Costed him the World Heavyweight Championship. And this is all part of the plan to get that WrestleMania match. Well, it's it's crazy too to think about. Because Michaels and Jericho have so much history too. Jericho had a shot at the tag titles, I think, at the Slammies. And, yeah, with Big Show, yeah. And Michaels and Triple H got intentionally disqualified. <laughs> and that was and that was Jericho's rematch. He's like, bye, you're going to SmackDown. See you later. But the two, like, that's the thing. Jericho does such a great job showing that these two have such history just by looking at Michaels. Like, Michaels doesn't look at him because he's focused on Taker, but, like, it's just a nice little callback. Yeah, it's a nice callback. It's a nice Easter egg if you were paying attention to the Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels feud a couple of years prior. And how much it shows Shawn Michaels' descent into madness has gone that he would allow the person he arguably hates the most to capture one of the richest prize in, in the business just to get his match with The Undertaker. And this is phenomenal character work Shawn Michaels is delivering. When Michaels cost Undertaker the title, you know, as a fan, you're like, oh, it is on. There is no other method now. This is like the simple thing like, oh, Taker's now got to beat the shit out of Shawn Michaels. That's how it's got to go now. You're back on the train. The sadness is now turned to anticipation. The next night on Monday Night Raw, Shawn Michaels comes before a Monday Night Raw crowd and, and he says, you know, my actions aren't really that complicated. I just want The Undertaker to come out. I've heard he was in the building tonight. And I want to say some things to him. So Undertaker comes out, body covered because it was covered in burns. And Shawn Michaels said, I asked you, I I begged you for this match, and you wouldn't let me. So, I did what I had to do. You want your revenge. I want you at WrestleMania. Undertaker says, I accept. I don't know why that sounded like uh, Kane when he had the little uh, <laughs> the thing of a bar. <laughs> I gotta work on my taker. But, as Shawn Michaels turns to leave undertaker raises the mic up and he says under one condition and Shawn michaels turns back if you defeat me you end the streak i defeat you your whole career is over i take your soul now the stakes are the highest it's ever been it's the undertaker's wrestlemania undefeated streak Against Shawn Michaels' entire career. If Shawn Michaels loses, 
He is finished in WWE. Not really, but that's how we're playing it right now. Yeah, it's fine. Um, what is this... your reaction to this? Shock. Because you're right, this is huge. Like, yeah, we know all wrestlers come back, and we. But again, this is a drama. It's a story. Like, it's a soap opera. Wrestling is a giant soap opera. Let's call it what it is. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, this person's dying, or this person's leaving the show. Like, do, do, do you remember when Kane had, was like Lita had Kane's baby? Yeah, and, and Snitsky punched it. Punted it. He, he didn't punt the baby. He punted the baby doll. <laughs> that represented different. the baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't his fault, as he said. <laughs> uh, but but I wrestling. Re- I got into wrestling the right time. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm crying. But I didn't these, mean to be crying. It's okay. But these guys, like, it, it's one of those things, like, you're still like, oh, my God, could Michael's career be over? Like, could it, like, part of you also thinks maybe, like, oh, is Michael's hiding an injury, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, you you always knew about Michael's back problems and because knee of problems. knee yeah. problems and all that time. Like, is, is he really, like, calling it quits? And this is just a great way to do it. But you're still like, oh my god! Like, and this is the thing about the running up the hill video because we've we've referenced it a couple times throughout here. But they do a really good job after this little bit here. They flash Michael's career, like just some of the moments, him jumping off the ladder on Razor, him at earlier, him WrestleMania 12 coming down through the rafters, Michael spinning around like his career. You're like, versus the streak. Legitimately, you as a fan, Shawn Michaels' career flashes before your eyes, and we might as well talk about it now. The Shawn Michaels Undertaker video package is up to that song, Running Up That Hill by Placebo, the cover of the Running Up the Hill song. Last time you were on here, we talked about the My Way video package for Rock Austin 2. How does this video package compare to that one? Me personally, I think it's better. What do you think? They're two different things. They're two different. The Rock Austin one is meant to get you excited and, and, and like it pumps you up. You're like, yeah, let's go. Like This is like a retrospective almost. These are two guys who are towards the end of their careers, not in the middle of them anymore. So there's so much on the line, but you've... It's emotional. This video package showed that something was going to come to a head. Either the Undertaker streak, and if you were a fan at that point, knew was a very important thing to have. Just years and years of building up names to defeat at the biggest stage of them all. So here's a question for you. In all those names, what's the one name they never bring up? When they talk about the streak, there's only uh, one that they never really bring up. I talked about this on the streak episode, and it's either it's either Bundy or Gonzalez. It's Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> they never talk about Giant Gonzalez because it was a countdown victory. Oh, God. <laughs> well, Bundy was a DQ too, so I don't Bundy know was a there. DQ as well. Yeah. But at least King Kong Bundy is a name. No one really cares about Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> Dude, you're gonna get me so much hate mail from Giant Gonzalez fans, and then oh, all of them. Gonna, come, oh. know what? Come for me. <laughs> Bring your Giant Gonzalez love here. Yeah, you, you heard it here first. Go to Scotty's sequel for your Giant Gonzalez needs and hatred. My goodness, <laughs> you have the the streak, and then you have Shawn Michaels' career, who is arguably Mr. WrestleMania. He's the one who usually has the best match of the night on the show. And for this to be the series finale for one of those things, it's a bittersweet tale. I would say this is probably the second best video package behind my way, but they do different things. 
with my way. It's more about who's the top dog now. With the running up that hill video, it's who still has that one shot to get the job done. And it's either going to end in a super kick or tombstone. Yeah. Who is the last outlaw of WWE? They announced this match in February, and then they don't really do much build up after that. Like, Shawn Michaels will appear on SmackDown, super kick The Undertaker, and Taker will distract Michaels on, like, the Titan Tron. But the match is pretty much sold itself. There is nothing else that really needs to be done. Michaels got what he wanted. He got his match in Mania. And you already know the stakes. Like, you don't need to be reminded of them, really. You know what's going to happen. Like, you know either Michaels is going to be forced to retire or the streak ends. You don't need reminders. And this match is the main event of WrestleMania. Now, usually I'm a big proponent of the title has to go on last. Now, we've seen retirement matches before and since that have been in the middle of the show or in the main event in Undertaker's case when he faced AJ Styles at night one at WrestleMania. Yes. With this match, I think it was the best decision they could have made to make this show the main event of the show because of last year, that match stole the show, and then every match after that kind of had a struggle with gaining its footing back. Do you think it was the right decision to make this the main event, or are you the proponent of world title has to go on last When you're building a show, I think your goal for a show is to constantly build upwards, to have an upwards trajectory so the fans keep going and getting crazier and crazier as the night goes on. I talk about this when I saw, when I went to WrestleMania and I saw Kofi Mania happen. I remember when Kofi beats Daniel Bryan, the place went nuts. There are two more matches, two or three more matches after that. And again, I give nothing but respect to Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair and Ronda, who was the main event of that night, and Triple H versus Batista, which was also after that match. I think there might have been one more. I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head right now. You were so exhausted after that that you were like, I can't, like, like, I can't keep the emotion going. Like, I've already lost everything. Like, I've, I've spent all my emotions. If you put any wrestler's career and you're like, let me rank wrestler's careers, you know who's very near the top? Shawn Michaels. No matter what the list is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're like, you got to build to that because even if the match doesn't deliver like the first one did, which it doesn't, the fans need that to be the end. Because let's say the streak's over. If Let's say it went the other way and the streak ended. You, you're, you're like, oh my God, the streak's over. Like You're like insane because of that. Or like how it happened, Michael's career ended take nothing away from the world championships. They're very important. They probably should have been this match before this, but like there's so much here. We're finally here at the match and they changed this match into a no count out, no disqualification match. And I believe they did this to, to wash away any fears of their being a, screwy finish with a countout or disqualification. They did this specifically to make sure that one, there's a final winner in this feud. There's going to be finality. And two, it gives both participants a little bit more breathing room when it comes to certain spots in the match. Yes, I, I think it is so we have a definite winner. I think that is definitely the reason you did this. Is it really taken advantage of? Not really. Yeah, there are no chair shots. There are no low shots. blows. Yeah, it's it's all about 
them proving who's the best. What was a point in this match did you go, oh, wow, Sean's going to do it. He's going to do it. The one that last switch in music, you were like, oh, my I God, agree, he's got yeah. it. Like, he's actually got this. But, like, in Taker kicking out, like, it, it added to, like, when Michaels kicked out of the tombstone the first time and they focused on Taker's, like, bugged out eyes. Hmm. You're like, oh, my God, he almost had it. Like, you can even see Michaels occasionally, like, do the thing where he, like, runs his hands through his hair and he's like, what do I have to do to end you? Like... <laughs> It, it's just one of those things, and that's the thing. I, I brought it up earlier, and I'm glad you brought it back here. I, I almost had you. I almost beat you last time. I wrestled a perfect match because Michael starts this match almost exactly the same mm-hmm. as WrestleMania tw- going for the leg, trying to take the Undertaker down, put him in the figure four leg lock. It's almost beat for beat the same as WrestleMania 25. Which I don't think, unless you watch both matches back to back, you would understand that. Mm-hmm. Like that's such good storytelling. Like by these two guys, like to start the match almost the exact same way. Then we get to the ending portion of the match, where Undertaker takes the straps down, and he goes for the rest in peace signal, but he stops halfway through because Shawn Michaels is crawling on top of him. And Taker just kind of rolls his eyes in the back of his head, not dead man style, but just like, you got to be kidding me. And he says, stay down, stay down. And Shawn Michaels is a little bit disoriented. He looks in Undertaker's eyes, gives him the throat cut to say rest in peace, smacks the Undertaker. Undertaker bugs out, picks up Shawn Michaels, and hits a jumping tombstone for the one, two, three. Undertaker's streak is intact. Shawn Michaels' career is over. And so is the ending of one of the greatest careers in wrestling history. Well, the other thing about this moment is it's Michael saying, end it the right way. He came in as one of the most defiant people to ever wrestle. He was one of the rockers. He was one of those guys. Like, he was bucking the trend before there was a trend because when he started, it was all about big guys. It was all about mm-hmm. sh- beating each other up. And he was the high flyer with Marty Jannetty. He was always the guy who fought the system. And who is the system? He's defiant to the end. The system is the Undertaker. Not only that, it, Shawn Michaels said in an interview saying, it's the heartbreak kid. It's not the feel-good kid. And that's how he wanted to go out with heartbreak, with one last act of defiance before the Undertaker finished him off. Well, yeah, he also didn't. He doesn't want to be pitied. Mm-hmm. He wants Taker to end him. Now, Undertaker helps Shawn Michaels up, gives Shawn Michaels the big farewell to the WrestleMania crowd, and. The heartbreak kid has left the building. As far as retirements go, where does this one rank up for you? At least in the wrestling sense. It's up there. It's probably number two behind Taker. Well, the one where Taker leaves his stuff in the ring and walks out. And then came back. And then came back. But (laughs) wrestling, it's what they do. They try the create these moments and then immediately go never mind um (laughs) like rick flair's is sad it is when he fights michaels and michaels is crying and flair's like come on come on that's sad takers is the final juggernaut so he's like He's the la- he is the last of the old guard, and him retiring is just that last like thing. This is probably still, I would I actually this probably is my saddest one. This probably would be my number one wow. retirement match, retirement period. Because honestly, other than Taker, 
I can't think of another one that really A had this perfect build to it. B made a hundred percent sense. And you have two of the greatest of all time going for it. I do want to bring up there's a line in the first HBK Undertaker feud. And Undertaker says it. And it's where sometimes you have to go through hell to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. And if you encapsulate both these matches, both these builds into one big thing, that's what Michaels does. He goes through hell to get to heaven. I never thought about that. Wow. Years after this happens, there's a WWE event called Crown Jewel. And it's the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and The Undertaker, against D-Generation X, Triple H, and a newly returned Shawn Michaels. Now, does this return soil this match? No, it doesn't. Because what you have to think about, especially with Crown Jewel, because there's so much money being funneled into those shows, like, it's almost, I almost give WWE a pass for anything that happens on the show, like the Greatest Royal Rumble, the Crown Jewel, because they have so much money and these guys want these big time matches that are crazy like the Brothers of Destruction vs. DX, like the 40-man Royal Rumble that means nothing. 50. Oh, yeah, 50, sorry. <laughs> the, the, the 40 was canon. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> like, like, that, that's what I say. Like These shows, like at least in the beginning, were non-canon for a while. So so you, you almost like, okay, I understand. WWE is still a business. Like, as much as you want to go, oh, the story... No, they're a business. Saudi Arabia is paying them probably billions of dollars to put on those shows. They're going to do things like have DX reunite to fight the Brothers of Destruction, even though both teams are clearly not the same anymore. And Triple H tears his peck during the match, too, and then it just kind of goes off the rails. And... For that to be the last image of Shawn Michaels in a wrestling ring, again, I don't really consider that canon to the Shawn Michaels career. I always will and still believe that his career finished and ended at WrestleMania 26. Does the Crown Jewel match is his last match, but his final match of his career was WrestleMania 26 in my eyes. Yeah. Could I see Michaels coming back and doing like one more little feud? I'm sure it wouldn't be out of the question, but it'd have to be the right feud if you were ever going to do something else with him. I don't know who it would be, though. Could it be AJ Styles? That would be fun, but Michaels isn't the same wrestler anymore. As you said, WrestleMania 26 was it. All right, Scott. Final thoughts on Shawn Michaels Undertaker 2. You can watch both these matches on YouTube now. If you have an hour watching back to back, they're still great to watch. These two are legends. If you have a top 10 list and you don't have these two wrestlers in your top 10 list, you're insane. For A, what they've done for the business, and B, for the longevity of their careers and they're two of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Honestly, it, it's great to watch again. I'm glad, even though you're like, oh, let's do Rock Austin Free, I'm glad we chose this one. Same here. I love Rock Austin 3. We're, we're probably going to have a Hurricane episode when we're going to have you on, and it's going to be fabulous. But this story is probably the greatest finale piece of somebody's career and a way to tie up the greatest in-ring performer of a generation with him tragically wanting this match, thinking he could win, but in the end, 
It doesn't even matter. Linkin Park is a great band. That's true. What I would recommend from this story, watch the placebo running up that hill match hype video package. That is, if you don't want to watch the matches because it's a half hour, I can understand that. Watch the hype video package first. And then let's see if that changes your mind. All right, Scott, where can we find you? I'm at Scotty May Know, but I mainly I don't go I don't post it there as frequently as I used to. Uh, if you want to talk to me, I'm also at, at Shoot the Flick. That's mine and my wife's podcast. We have it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you can find the podcast. We release every Wednesday. Um, also on Instagram is at Shoot the Flick. Um, yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for this lovely off the rails episode of wrestling retold and relived always a pleasure having scotty sequel on with me i'm sure when he comes back we're going to cover another sequel i'm sure but that's okay because we like sequels here indeed so once again you could follow me at, on instagram and twitter at retold richie mars you could follow me on the tiktok at one true richie and again Podcasts are available every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and much more. So I'll see you all again on the flip side. TTFN, ta-ta for now. Take care.